Well, <clears throat> I hope you're enjoying this series as much as I am. You've come back, and that's a good sign. You're either just enduring or to the end, or maybe perhaps God is speaking to you, and you're getting encouraged and perhaps even inspired to step out in that which you've received, the grace you've received. We've each received something, and that something needs the other parts in order to be successful. And uh, so we're in this place of just trying to figure that out together. And you know, God is so willing. When there's a people who are wanting, God is so willing, you know, to help us with these things. And so it's true, we haven't got it all worked out or figured out yet, but we're not alone. We got God with us who's moving among us and is so um, available to instruct and encourage us along the way. So we've been using, <coughs> if you're a guest here today, just so you know, we're talking about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I know it's been a little while since I've repeated some of these initial uh, points that we've made, but we said, you know, that there's an end time strategy God has. And that strategy is that out of believers, a river is going to flow. Amen. That's what Jesus himself said, John's Gospel, chapter 7. He that believes on me out of his belly or his innermost being will flow a river, a life giving river. Amen. Jesus called it a river of living water. But he gets real specific, and he tells us what the river is. And it says, John says, This spake he of the Spirit. That's what the river is. It's the Holy Spirit in the life of the believer. But the prophecy Jesus gives, and, the, and what he's telling us as the church, is that that river is supposed to flow out. Right? not ingrown. It's not about me coming just to get, 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 which is the tendency in our Western culture. It's about getting, getting, getting. And truth is, you're right. We've got to start with, if any man thirst, let him come unto me. That's what Jesus said. And drink. That's where it begins. That's why, that's why we worship. Amen. That's why we sit under the word. We're receiving from the Lord that which is vital to life and what we need. But once we've received, there's supposed to be the next, the fruit of that should be a river begins flowing. And that river is the Spirit. And so we've been talking real practical. I hope that's okay with you, because to me, at the end of the day, if this thing can't find some shoe leather somewhere, you know, if it can't walk out and begin to manifest, it's probably not what God had in mind. And so the practical expression, when you're talking about the flowing of the Holy Spirit in the life of the believer... The Spirit manifests itself in various ways through giftings, which are graces and talents you've received. Okay? And you'll know what's happening. Because it's, just, it's the stuff that works for you. It's the stuff that you don't have to force and it just kind of naturally shines in your life. There's those graces. And then there's also the fruits of the Spirit. Those are of the Spirit. Those are manifestations of the Holy Spirit. And so we've been asking a simple question Three real questions. How's it flowing? Because that's the mandate. You know, instead of saying to one another, how's it going? Our little word is now, how's it flowing? How's it flowing? And the second question is, where's it going? 
You know, if it's flowing, that's awesome, but there is a destiny. There's a destination for that flow. There's a target God has in mind. Where is it going? And then the third part of that is, is it growing? Because really, God's desire is the increase of his government. There shall be no end. The increase of his government. And Ezekiel's river is shown in the book of Ezekiel. It's God's river coming from the throne of God. Ezekiel happens to be the guy who sees it and records it down. That river starts out in the sanctuary, and the further away it moves out, the wider and deeper and more influence it carries. And it goes to the lowest parts of the earth, redeeming and saving and changing the earth. So we got those simple three little questions. How's it flowing? Where is it going? And is it growing? And that's a good thing to ask yourself. And it's a good thing as we develop common um, trust and core values in a culture, if you will, among ourselves. That's, those, are, those are good words to embrace, you know, because it's our mandate. It's what God's called us to do and be about. And um, the flow and the anointing of the Spirit. You know, as much as you and I want to help people, without God, we have no help to offer people real help, meaningful help. So this is not optional. It's essential. <clears throat> so, so far, we've been working out of 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And, uh, you know, let me just read to you kind of an up-to-date uh, account of where we are because we haven't worked there's nine gifts of the spirit that are recorded here and we've been working through them one at a time in the sequence in which they're given but uh, I like to begin in verse 7 1 Corinthians 12 but the manifestation of the spirit is given to every man how many every. to every man or person to profit with all for to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom. We've talked about that. To another, the word of knowledge. We've spoken to that. To another, faith by the same Spirit. And to another, the gifts of healing. Gifts, plural, of healing. We've spoken to that last week. And then today, here's the next one in line, and here's where we're going today. To another, the working of miracles the working of miracles what an awesome gift to have present in the body and maybe you personally haven't received that grace yet <laughs> you know maybe God has it in his mind that that's something you're gonna really flow in but guess what if you're a part of a body of people in a meaningful way and that gift is present in the body that gift is there for you that's the beauty of it all. You know, you might not personally be the one carrying it, but if you're a part of a family, then if it's present in the family, you get it. You know, I don't know what you did with the little roller there, honey. Did you, did you go off with your bag? Oh, yeah. That was so funny. So I'm building my wife a gazebo. Somebody say, whew, 10 points, right? <laughs> 10 points. Actually, this is about 150 points depending on the point system you use. It's been a long, slow process, but we got this gazebo going up, and I'm finally working on the screening of this thing, trying to get it screened in. It's been a long, slow journey. My wife's been very patient. Anyway, so <clears throat> I was buying some screen the other day, and I looked over, and I noticed that I don't really have the right tool, but I remembered Dick Dahlstrom 
was doing a screening project for the Windses actually and needed some help one day and I saw his nice brand new kind of nice tool. <laughs> and so I was staring at getting ready to buy one at Home Depot the other day and I remembered Dick. Somebody say amen. amen. And I said, hey Dick, can I borrow your screen roller tool? Happy to loan me the tool. So he brings it to church. This is funny how this works. You know, people bring their gifts to church and nobody knows what they are. <laughs> My wife was about to give the thing away to somebody. I had it up under here and Gabby, you know, and Teo jumped in because I didn't realize this, but there's a little knife in the heel of that thing. I didn't know that. Teo saw something dangerous about to happen with a little two-year-old and intervened and there was all this question going around. What's that for? Why is it here? Whose is it? You know, the beauty is, I didn't have to buy a tool because part of the family had the tool, and I have enough trust with the individual that they'll loan me the tool, and I'll return it in good shape. That's another sermon. <laughs> Amen. Another sermon. But how sometimes those, these tools are present in the building, and we don't even know what they are, what they're for. But here they are. Well, praise God. We're going to talk about the tools. Who's got them? What do they look like? How to use them? At the end of the day, there's a bridegroom and a bride with a gazebo. <laughs> Come on, somebody, talk to me. <laughs> and a steak cooking on the grill. Somebody talk to me now. <laughs> All right, you can go home. That's the message for the day right there. That's it. Yeah, all this stuff, let me just say it this way, all this stuff, if it doesn't equal a church in love with their bridegroom, we're missing it at the end of the day. You know, all these gifts and all these things and all this stuff, the end of it all is a people for Christ, totally sold out for Him the way He totally sold out for us. That's the end of it all. So, we're going to talk about the gift of miracles. I know I'm getting there. Getting there. And I'm going to alliterate this message. Hey, I knew I was going to get a response from Dr. Wentz. I'm going to alliterate this message. In a certain form, I'm going to alliterate this message. We're talking about miracles and the working of miracles. And I'm going to talk about what, why, who, where, and when. Okay? What, why, who, where, and when. And with each of those points, there's 50 sub-points. I'm kidding. That's a joke. I just know how some people's minds work when a pastor lays out his 10-point message and then he gets to point one. He has point one, A, B, C, D, E, and F under point one. You know it's going to be a long one. This isn't one of those. I'm just telling you up front so you'll not tune me out too quickly. What? talking about working of miracles. What is a miracle? Definition of a miracle. We're starting with what? Here's just some simple ideas to define a miracle. What is a miracle? A surprising and welcome event that is not explicable by natural or scientific laws and is therefore considered to be the work of a divine agency. Let me read that again. 
a surprising and welcomed event. I like that. A surprising and welcomed, you know, a miracle, a God-given miracle should be something you're happy about. It's one of the things that defines it. That is not explainable by natural or scientific laws, like this meniscus being torn one day and not torn or that's that meets the qualification that I'm sure that was a surprising and welcomed event. Amen. Amen. That that that's outside of natural explanation. And is therefore considered by the, to be the work of a divine agency. An extraordinary event manifesting divine intervention in human affairs. You know, I've heard it said and, and to a level I can agree with this statement, but like the difference between healing, a healing and a miracle, is that healings take time. They denote time, a process of time. And miracles are instantaneous. But I will say that if you, if you just define a miracle as that which is instantaneous, you'll miss so many of the miracles because there are many miracles that have time elements related to them before the actual manifestation of a thing. Time is not always void in, in, in the realm of uh, miracles. Miracles can take time. And by the way, they're not just physical in nature, like physical healings, I'm saying. Miracles, there's so many miracles in the Bible. Tons of miracles. Events and things that have happened that are beyond natural explanation. Sun standing still for a day. That's a miracle. Multitudes fed from a boy's lunch. That's a miracle. I mean, these are, these are signs and wonders. They're powerful things. And uh, there's a, a process attached to them. So in the text we're using, which is 1 Corinthians chapter 12, where it says, to one is given the working of miracles. The word here is an interesting word in the Greek language for miracles. It's actually the, the word dunimus. Dunimus, okay? And uh, it basically means miraculous power usually by implication a miracle itself and then it goes on to talk about might and power and strength and violence even that's one way of describing it but it's an interesting word dunamis it's where we get our word dynamite from it's where we get the word out of the greek language we get the word dynamite from this greek word dunamis and by the way it's the same word that jesus uses in acts 1 and 8 when he says you, when you're filled with, you wait for the Holy Spirit baptism, and when that happens, you will receive power. It's the same word, miracle-working power, dunimus power, power to get stuff done that's demonstrative in nature. It's demonstrative, it's power, and God wants everyone to have this power working. It manifests differently, this miracle side of it, is you know what we're speaking to specifically today but i don't want you to think you know the i mean listen if the same power that raised jesus from the dead is dwelling in you anything's possible anything is possible with us the church who are the temple of the living god <laughs> he's not an impotent god he's the living god and he's in us by his spirit the same power. Another word that's used uh, in the New Testament to talk about miracles uh, 
Semion, I'm probably not saying it quite right, but that's how it sounds, uh, to me anyways. And um, <coughs> it basically has this kind of meaning attached to it. An indication, a sign, a miracle, a wonder. I like this idea because sometimes you see these thoughts side by side, signs and wonders and miracles. You know, signs point to things. And this to me is very essential to hear this today because when you're talking about miracles, miracles come for a reason to point to something. Signs point, right? Sign Amelia Island. I know it's that way, right? A miracle is a sign designed to point. It's a power sign. It's something that's going to shake and catch the attention of people. But God knows if there's ever been a time where miracles need to be seen and experienced, it's in this generation. This generation, we've said it many times, but is so fascinated with technology. The latest gadgets and the late it's it's really it's it's incredible stuff. I mean it's easy, isn't it? Come on, I'm one I'll never forget when I first got my iPhone. My wife will never forget either. I went to bed that night. I kid you not, it's funny. I had the sheet over my head. There was this glow around the sheet. And she's like, Really? <laughs> I mean I was like Google Earth is on my phone. I mean come on somebody. You know? It's amazing. This generation, listen, and we're, and we're just, we don't even get to see all that's out there yet. But I'm telling you, there's more and more just being captured by this stuff. And I'm convinced that God's getting ready to pour out such signs and wonders that will grab a generation. Grab them. Grab their attention. How's he going to do that? And with whom is he going to do that? Guess what? You and me, people like us and others. Amen. That's where it's going to come through. Glory to God. Signs pointing. So we've talked about what a miracle is. Now I want to talk about why a miracle. Why miracles? The New Testament is, is just does a wonderful service to us by account, giving us the account of Jesus' first miracle. Right? His first public Miracle. John's Gospel, chapter 2, the wedding of Cana of Galilee. Let me read it to you. John 2, beginning in verse 1. Three days later, a wedding took place in the city of Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there. Jesus and his disciples had been invited too. When the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, They're out of wine. And Jesus said to her, Why did you come to me? My time has not yet come. His mother told the servers, do whatever he tells you. Six stone water jars were there. They were used for Jewish purification, purification rituals. Each jar held 18 to 27 gallons. Jesus told the servers, fill the jars with water. The servers filled the jars to the brim. And Jesus said to them, pour some and take it to the person in charge. And the servers did as they were told. The person in charge tasted the water that had become wine, and he didn't know where it had come from, although the servers who had poured the water knew. The person in charge called the groom and said to him, Everyone serves the best wine first. When people are drunk, the host serves cheap wine. 
but you have saved the best wine for now. Cana in Galilee was the place where Jesus began to perform miracles. He made his glory public there and his disciples believed in him. Now we're trying to answer the question, having read this account, of why miracles. We've talked about what a miracle is. Now we're asking the question, why miracles? And I think the real focus and real purpose for why is right here in John 2 and 11, where it says this, Jesus made his glory public there and his disciples believed in him. This beginning of miracles did Jesus in Cana of Galilee and there he showed forth his glory and his disciples believed in him. You know what a miracle is for? A miracle is to show the glory of God, not the glory of man. The glory of God and it's to help disciples become sold out in their discipleship. I'm convinced those are the two main drivers behind the gift of miracles. To show the glory of God. Really to draw people's attention to God. And I have to say this because the, the end of the age will be marked by lying signs and wonders. What's the difference between a true sign and wonder, a true miracle, and a false one? Here's the remedy, or here's the answer to that. One is pointing to the glory of God, and one is pointing to the glory of man, or a movement, or some other thing. Be careful where the emphasis lands. Watch the conversation after the miracle. Who's being glorified, and who's the disciple of who? Because it's about glorifying God and it's about disciples. Disciples are those who are disciplined to follow. They're the ones who are going to go after. So what, what, what happens after the miracle is as important as the miracle. What happens after the miracle is as important as the miracle. So we want to know why miracles? To show the glory of God and to make disciples and followers. On the issue of lying signs and wonders, I've got to say this because it's important. I think it's a really big deal. If, if we're believing God, and we are, and we're going to more and more, how's it flowing, where's it going, and how's it growing? We want to see more miracles. Thank God for the testimony this morning. It's not enough, though. We want more. I know we sound like we're just greedy. Amen. We want all that he paid for us to have. Amen. We want everything he paid for us to have. We want the whole enchilada with a little hot sauce tail you have, to be, you have to be a part of our home group to appreciate that comment but anyways 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 8 let me just read these few verses to you Paul the apostle talking about the end of the age and he says and then at this certain time the lawless one will be revealed whom the Lord Jesus will kill with the breath of his mouth and bring to nothing by the appearance of his coming or the brightness of his coming the coming of the lawless one is by the activity of Satan listen with all power and false signs and wonders now a lot of people unfortunately in Christendom We'll use this verse to say that all signs and wonders are from the devil at this point forward because 
you know, we have the Bible now and the Spirit was given to the first church so they could establish apostolic doctrine, but now all the miraculous stuff is no longer for today. It's not true. It's not true. Tell that to Ashley Chilla. Too late. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he does miracles today. He's alive and well. If these gifts were needed then, they're more needed today than they've ever been needed before. We're facing more challenges today than we've ever faced before. If there's ever been a people that need the power of the Holy Spirit, it's us, this people, upon whom the ends of the age have come. So here we have this lying signs and wonders. You know, there's going to be a contest in this realm of the Spirit. There already is. You can drive down the street and you can see, uh, you know, fortune tellers, soothsayers. You know, they're counterfeits of the gift of prophecy. But it's very much there. It's in the demonic side of the equation, but it's very real. And the world is flocking to it because the church is neglecting its portion. God's saying, stir yourself, wake up, move out. Let me help you get where you need to be. So this lying signs and wonders is coming. And it says that this one who's bringing it with all wicked deception for those who are perishing because they refuse to love the truth and so be saved. And it goes on to talk about those who fall into this snare and will buy into these lying signs and wonders. Let me tell you, if you want to stay free from lying signs and wonders, love the truth. Love the truth. That's really the context here. Love the truth. Stay grounded in the word. What is truth? That, was, that question was asked, and Jesus made it plain. John 17, 17. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. Love the truth. Interesting verse in Deuteronomy 13 and verse 1, and I'm moving on, but I've got to get these few out here because I feel uh, concerned <laughs> that as we grow and go and flow and all that stuff, and as things start happening, that will always stay true to the purpose these gifts are given, which is to glorify God and to see true disciples raised up to follow him and not a man or not a person or not a movement of some sort. It always seems to go in the ditch when the person who's being used becomes the focus of it all. God, help us stay out of that ditch. Let the glory be God's and let disciples follow him. I, 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 these things bubble up in me over and over again, but I love the verse in, in John's Gospel. It says, these are the most powerful words to me concerning anybody who's, who's ministering the gospel message. It says, they heard John speak and they followed Jesus. Those are some of the most powerful words in the Bible. They heard John the Baptist speak and they didn't follow John. I love it. They heard John speak and they followed Jesus. Imagine that. Would to God that we'd be that kind of people. They'd hear us speak or they'd feel us pray or whatever, and the fruit of it would be a fascination with Him and not with us. Praise God. Deuteronomy 13. This is an Old Testament warning. Deuteronomy 13, beginning in verse 1. If a prophet or a dreamer of dreams arises among you and gives you a sign or a wonder, and the sign or wonder that he tells you 
comes to pass. And if he says, let us go after other gods which have not which have not known, which you have not known, and let us serve them, you shall not listen to the words of that prophet or that dreamer of dreams, for the Lord your God is testing you to know whether you love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. Isn't it interesting? He says, if somebody rises up and they actually perform miracles or prophesy and it comes to pass, there's a sign or a wonder. He says, but their message, always pay attention to the message, not just the miracle. If the message is, let us go after other gods. Listen, lying signs and wonders show up for the same reason true ones do. They're looking to make disciples. Disciples of the devil or disciples of God, the King of Kings. Which disciple group is being uh, created by that sign or that wonder? It's a very important question, one we have to keep our our eye on. The good news is that in the context of of living in a generation where signs and wonders are going to be the norm, We're going to see more and more of them in the heavens, on the earth, all over. Things are happening and are going to happen more and more that are going to make you go, what on earth is that? What is going on? The good news is is this. Like Pharaoh, you know, Moses throws his rod on the ground and it turns into a snake and Pharaoh calls his magicians in and what do they do? They all bring their rods and they throw them down and they all turn into snake and Pharaoh uses that as a moment to say, you know what? Your power is nothing. But then Moses, I love it, Moses' snake eats all their snakes. I love it. Glory to God. We're talking about a different kind of power. A snake-eating power. We're talking about signs and wonders that will eat up signs and wonders. (laughs) Lying signs and wonders. We're talking about, wow. (laughs) Wow. Don't ever be intimidated because somebody else is moving in the supernatural and it's not God. The grace you're carrying eats that stuff. Eats it. Glory to God. What? Why? Who? Who gets to do a miracle? Who can be used for miracles? We know, you know, the the question of who gets to receive one is anybody's a candidate for receiving a miracle. Anybody, you know, I believe. Although there are some things that seem to position us better than others. But but who, who can believe for this thing to move through their life, to happen in their life? I believe personally that it's it's you know this grace that we're talking about here in first corinthians 12 is for believers it's for disciples right the working of miracles is something that in its pure sense is for the church okay but don't be deceived to think that it's for the hyper spiritual or those who had years and years of prayer and study and practice let me tell you what actually god's probably going to use just the opposite to make the miracle a miracle. You missed that. (laughs) No human explanation. No reason to say, well, that person is so spiritual, that's why that happened. No, God's wanting to capture the attention, so he's probably going to use you, (laughs) me, somebody that just doesn't think they're even a candidate. God just wants to use you to do a miracle. You could be carrying the working of miracles in your 
and you're, you know, you maybe you beat yourself up all day long and you think, you know, I'm just never good enough. I'm not spiritual enough. I don't pray enough. I can't quote the scripture. Like, oh, God's hovering over you right now. I feel it. The working of miracles. <laughs> and everybody goes, go figure. Go figure. That's got to be God. Which is the point of it all anyways. Come on. What's the reason why miracles? For the glory of God, not the glory of man. Galatians 3 and 5. Apostle Paul is wrestling with the Galatian church who's been deceived. They started off in the spirit out of their brokenness and weakness. They were nothing. And subtly, this doctrine, the Judaizers came in who were trying to put them back under legalism and the law that you had to do a certain amount to be justified before God and you had to keep the law of Moses and certain parts of that to be right before God. And Paul's coming, he says, who's bewitched you? You've missed the message. You began in the spirit. Are you going to be perfected, perfected now by working all of us up again? Like, you know, he says, no. And then he says this in verse, chapter 3, verse 5. Does God give you the Spirit because you follow the law? Does God work miracles among you because you follow the law? No. God gives you His Spirit and works miracles among you because you heard the message about Jesus and believed it. It's by faith. There's different translations. I like this one, though, because I think it makes it pretty plain and simple. He's saying, you know, received ye the Spirit by the works of the law? No, but by the hearing of faith. You heard the message. Faith came. Faith comes by hearing the word. You believed. You got saved. And the Spirit of God took up his residence on the inside of you. That's how you received the Spirit. And by the way, he says, that's how miracles work. Not by the works of the law. Not by like, if I can just be more spiritual, these things will work in my life. Actually, actually no. Actually, miracles flow out of faith. He that works miracles among you, does he it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? And he makes it plain here, by faith. You know, interesting note about faith. Let me say this to you. We talked about faith a couple weeks back. But we're going to talk about these things around and around and keep reinforcing them from different angles. But do you know that faith... I love this verse. Write this verse down. You need to jot this down and probably highlight it in your Bible honestly, uh, because to me it just says so much. Romans 5 and verse 2. Romans 5 and verse 2. Here's what Paul says. Through him, speaking about Jesus, we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. You see, the glory of God, he, he, I love this verse. He says, by faith, we have access into grace. What is grace? Grace is more than just unmerited faith. Grace is the power of God. It's the blessings of God. It's the ability of God upon the human heart to get things done. Grace. How do you get the grace? By faith. We have access. I find that there's so much available that we're not accessing it because we're not using faith. Very simple. 
when you got saved, you got saved because you believed. And when you believed, guess what? You felt, if, if you had a genuine born-again experience, the weight of your sins rolled off your life. <laughs> Come on. I mean, the power of God. Life changed because of faith, which gave you access to grace. All of the gifts of the Spirit work by faith. You want to prophesy? By faith, you access the grace of prophecy. You want to move in the working of miracles? By faith. Come on, church. You've got to believe, and you've got to be willing. You know, faith without works is dead. So if your faith is real, you put action to it, and you meet God somewhere in faith, and you step out, and you actually, you know, we do what we believe. Everything else is religious talk. We do what we believe. Everything else is religious talk. So faith. By faith, we access grace. There's a, I, I, have you ever wondered what's behind the door of faith? Open the door of faith and access grace. What, oh my gosh, this room is bigger than I thought. There's more in here than anybody told me. It's like the Queen of Sheba saying, the half wasn't told me of your greatness and your glory, Solomon. They didn't even tell me all this stuff was here. I'm telling you, the church has been sold a really cheap version of its, of its salvation. Amen. We need, by faith, to access some grace for our generation. By faith. By faith. So who, who is a candidate for the working of miracles? Not the hyper, disciples, yeah, people who believe, people who believe. Not the hyper-spiritual, probably, you know, not many wise are chosen. Not many, now there are some who are wise by the world's standards and, and powerful in the world's eyes. But not many of those. For God has chosen the base things, the foolish things, the despised things. God has chosen the weak things to bring to nothing the things that are why that no flesh will glory we're back to the topic of glory again which is what miracles is all about pointing to God pointing to his greatness not ours so you're a candidate I'm a candidate glory to God miracles can flow through you stop disqualifying yourself I'm too old what do you mean you're too old you're perfect you're right at the right spot I'm too young what do you mean you're too young you're right at the right spot I tell you, God's going to do miracles through little two-year-olds. God's, gonna, God's, gonna, God's just going to do stuff. Powerful stuff. So we've talked about what? We've talked about why. We've talked about who. And I want to talk about where. Where? Where do miracles happen? Well, everybody knows the answer to that. In big tent crusades. That's where <laughs> miracles happen. Without a tent, miracles can't happen. That's, that's just biblical <laughs> truth. Everybody knows it takes a tent to spark a miracle. No, 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 no. Actually, I like to believe that miracles can happen anywhere there's faith and anywhere there's a need. 
I will say, if you're waiting for the big tent season of your life, like when you finally reach the stage, you're probably never going to move in that area at all. You know, as a builder, I was a house builder and whatever for years, I learned a hard lesson um, when working with something new. New material, a new type of application or something. I learned the hard way that it's always best to start on the back of the house <laughs> and work out the, the kinks and figure it out before you get to the front entryway. Instead of like butchering that all up and making this mess that you're going to have to put a lot of caulking in, you know. Just start in the back. Work out, work out the stuff. Come on. Work out the stuff. And then by the time you make it to the front of the house, man, you've got it down. You know what you're doing. It's clean. It's sharp. It looks good. And that matters. It does matter. I believe it also matters with God. That's why sometimes God will take you to the back side of the wilderness. And like Moses tell you, throw down your rod. I know nobody's watching but you and me, Moses, but I'm saying let's try this miracle thing out for the first time right here, right now. You know, you wives, I got my wife, if you need help here, my wife can help you. She'll lay hands on a washing machine in a heartbeat. Think we're kooky? Just hang out some longer. Wait. What's really, really wild is it gets fixed. I can't explain it. I've stopped trying. I thank God that we saved a few bucks. You know what I mean? I mean, it's just kind of like, wow, just go on, honey. Just lay hand. I mean, she, she's got faith for this stuff. She just reaches out there and says, in Jesus' name. And I'm thinking, you know, honey, the stator just went bad on that thing. I heard it click out. It's over. We got to get a new motor. She's over there, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. You know, work out your miracle ministry on the backside of the house. Stop waiting for everybody to show up before you make your debut. Come on, talk to me, somebody. You know, we're, we're waiting for all the big stuff to happen, and then God's saying, look, I'm just looking for a people who right now, right, we're talking about where do miracles happen. Let me tell you where they start. They start where God's got you. Right where you are. Right where you are. Don't wait for some other place before you can begin moving here. Right where you live. Miracles. When. So we've talked about what? We've talked about why. We've talked about where. I want to talk about, we talked about some other thing and I missed it. Who, thank you. I knew who was in there somewhere. Now we're going to talk about when. When. When do miracles happen? I, use, I like the story we read in the beginning in John's Gospel. They have no wine. Sounds like time for a miracle. Do you know that the stage of miracles is when things are not working well? The stage. The stage for miracles is when things, resources run out. 
we're a candidate for a miracle. <laughs> Which means we're a candidate to behold the glory of God. Which, by the way, is the only thing that will abide ultimately when it's all said and done. The glory of God. You know, the knowledge of the glory of God will cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. Completely. You want to know what the end of the age is going to look like? It's the knowledge of the glory of God. When does the glory of God, when does God get glory? When you can't. When it's impossible for you to touch the glory. When, 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 when it's just, you know, when things are not good. Miracle time. When things are desperate. Miracle time. You know, when a miracle occurs to me is, is, is really, a miracle becomes all the more miraculous on the backdrop of terrible lack and need. That's what makes the punch. There's something, you know, you think of Jesus, there's, I don't have time here today, but the significance of Jesus' beginning of public miracles being at a wedding. And they've run out of wine, and then Jesus, who at that moment, because we're talking about when, Mary, his mother, says, they have no wine. She got, starts pushing on him. And Jesus says, woman, Remember, we're talking about when. He says, it's not my time. And then she looks around, having a little insight into her son. She said, whatever he says, do it. Just do it. And then within moments, what wasn't his time became his time. In moments. The when. It was, it was facilitated by the faith of his mother Come on, putting a demand on the miracle power of God that she knew was there. But I believe her, her faith played into this thing. And when we talk about the process of miracles, you can't help but read this account and see the process of miracles. There's a whole process for miracles working here. A lack. Step one. You got that? Jesus. I know you've got lack. Everybody, you, you can think of your lack right now. Think of your, think of your situation. If I was to ask you right now, is there a place in your life right now that if God says, I'll give you one miracle, would you have to wait a long time to come up with some kind of thought? Hmm. Ha. Huh. I mean, everybody could believe for something right now, couldn't we? Some, some, some miraculous something in our life. Right? Okay. So, step one to a miracle? Got to have a need. I think we're okay. We're all on the same page. We're qualified. Here. Then, out of the need, somebody's got to have some faith. Somebody's got to have some faith. Somebody's got to be willing to voice the need. We have no, you know, let's call it like it is. You know, why is it we walk around and say we've got everything when we don't? Another message. You know, we, we walk around acting like we have it when we don't. And God would be much more facilitated, and so would we if we would just admit we don't have it. And we need it. We don't have it and we need it. Faith. Go to the right person, Jesus. Jesus. You know, you can be looking for a lot of people to perform your miracles, but there's one guy that can deliver on this one, and it's Jesus. Jesus, here's the need as I see it. I'm aware of a, a problem, aware of a situation. We have no wine. What are we going to do? And Jesus says, 
And then something rises up and says, whatever he says, just do it. I know, I know he's got the goods. I know he's got the goods. Faith. And think of, I don't have time here today. Then Jesus says, okay, we're going to do this. But it's not going to happen. This is for somebody here today. Like this. I need, I need some help here. I want a little cooperation with this miracle. Can I get some helpers with the miracle? I, I, I need those water pots right over there. I need them filled up first. <sighs> this is ridiculous. You know? I mean, it's kind of like dipping in the Jordan seven times to get the leprosy healed from Naaman. You know, it's like, what? No. But Jesus, I'm looking for some, some cooperation. I need some people who will actually step out here with me in this area of need. They fill the water pots. I love what it says. They fill them to the brim. How many times has God said, I want you to step out here with me? And we go, okay, here. I'll plash a little bit in there and see what happens. No, these guys were engaged. They filled the pots to the brim. And then he says, okay, I need a little more help. I need somebody to draw out. Just draw that stuff out. And I need you to carry it to the appropriate person who can testify and validate what's really going on. Go ahead. Uh, think of it now. We think miracle. God's just going to show up and bang, it's going to happen. No, no, no. There's people engaged in faith and obedience walking for the miracle, believing for the miracle. And then in that place, you taste the water, which is now somewhere between drawing out and carrying it there, it happened. Somewhere in the midst. We all wanted it to happen way back then. Just wave the magic wand, Jesus, over my problem. And Jesus is saying, I'm looking for people to walk with me in faith and let me do it. And then, when it was turned into wine, he makes the powerful statement, most give their good wine at first when people can tell the difference. And once they've had too much to drink, according to the story, then the cheap wine is brought out. But you have saved the best for last. And I tell you, that's a word over this generation. God has saved the best for last. The best for last. But it's going to take a people who believe, who are willing to believe and step out, willing to let I mean, we can't do the miracle. You know, it's a, this is a misnomer. I've got the gift of working of miracles. I can work. No, not so. We work with God who is the source and the one who makes it happen. Not you, not me. If we could make it happen, we could take credit and that violates the principle of the glory of God. If we could make it work, we could take credit. It violates the principle. Only God can do it, which gives him the credit, but he's looking for us to work with him and walk with him. What does that look like, practically speaking? Well, it has a lot of different possible manifestations I'm not even going to try. You know, I used to think I understood some of this stuff until more and more I realized, you know, miracles, what's what makes a miracle a miracle? It's just strange. <laughs> it's, just, it's just a wonder. It just makes you scratch your head and go, what on earth is that? And if it doesn't do that, it's probably not a miracle. I mean, God's looking for this wonder element in this thing. You know, the Bible says that God worked special miracles at the hands of Paul. 
insomuch that handkerchiefs were taken from his body to sick folk and they got healed. I don't think they'd ever seen that one before. I don't think Paul had ever seen that one before. You know, I thought every miracle was special, but here the Bible says special. Like, whoa! <laughs> the whoa factor. Say whoa with me. Whoa! Thank you. Just wanted to check your... That's that, who knows? That could have been your first step in a miracle. Simple obedience. Whoa! Whoa! God's looking for people that will work with him. Often, God says these things. Fill the pots, draw out, taste, all these types of activities. Let me say this to you. We're going to need to stretch out our hands. You know, Jesus said to the man with the withered hand, stretch out your hand. Took something on his part. Willing to be embarrassed. Willing to get out there, risk it a little bit. That was stretching out his hand. And yet that miracle came forth. You know, some of you need to stretch out your hand relationally with somebody to get a relationship miracle. You might have a broken relationship somewhere that's just been so poisoned and so soured. And God is saying to you, I want to do a miracle, but here's what I need you to do. I need you to stretch out your hand in peace. I need you to take the first step. I need you to, to be willing to put it out there. Sometimes we need to stretch out our wallets. Hmm, that's an interesting one. Jesus. Come on. We're, we're wanting God to multiply our resources, but we're not willing to stretch them out. You're not even listening to me. Y'all got quiet on me like you do. Come on. Come on. You know, by faith. I'm believing God for millions of dollars. Awesome. What are you doing with the couple you got? Stretch it out. Stretch it out. Believe God for something. <laughs> you know, we, I, I love this idea because as a, as, a, as a ministry, we're believing God for over-the-top stuff. <laughs> Miracles. Amen. We just are. We're believing God for the supernatural. What are you believing for? Got one person up front believing with me for the supernatural. One person. I got two. Three. <laughs> you want the whole ancient? I got four. I got five. With hot sauce. <laughs> we need to stretch out our faith. How's that a stretch out? Stretch out your faith. You know? I don't know how it is for you. I think I do, but I can say for myself, my faith is constantly under assault. Amen. It just is. I mean, I, I find myself constantly having to push through voices that would bring discouragement, doubt, despair, reasons to quit. I mean, I don't know how it is for you. I'm just telling you there's just this constant thing, and I have to make a choice in my heart by faith. I access grace Amen. to see supernatural and sovereign things yes. done. And if you can't be in faith, keep your mouth closed. Yes. Yes. 
You do much more for the kingdom by being silent than being negative. I could almost run around the church, but I've chosen not to today. <laughs> Might be the day for it, Ashley. You never know. Talking about miracles here could happen. Do you see the principle? Jesus, beginning of miracles, he got all the glory, but he had helpers. You see that? How can that be? Where somehow the glory of God is protected, but people participated in the miracle. Yeah, the multiplication of the loaves and the fishes is a great example. Five loaves, two fish from a small boy's lunch. Thousands are fed. Cooperation. Have the people sit down in groups of 50. <laughs> and then I'm going to thank and bless and whatever, and then we're going to hand this stuff out, and there it is. But there's, but there's a process. A process for these things to happen. And if you are like me, and you believe that this grace, the working, notice the terminology, the working of miracles... There's an actual working, or I like to say an outworking of miracles. Okay? If you believe that it's a present grace for today and for this generation, here's what I'd like to do this morning. I want to believe God for some miracles. How's that grab you? I want to stand up on our feet today. <clears throat> and here's what we're going to do. We're going to keep this real simple, just real simple. Okay? Um, you're seated there by somebody. And uh, I'm going to ask you just, you know, and, and if you're not evenly paired off, get in a group of three or something like that. But I, we're going to, in just a moment, we're going we're gonna to just pray for each other and we're going to ask a simple question to one another. I know this is stretching you out of your comfort zone, which is where miracles occur. Amen. Okay. <laughs> what I'm going to do is I'm going to just ask you to ask the person there beside you or somebody nearby. Just find somebody. Get in a group of three or two, whatever it is. And just say, okay, what can I believe with you for on a miracle? Let's believe for a miracle together. Go ahead. Just find a spot there. This is very non-traditional, and we're thanking God for it. Amen. Okay? And then, and then just talk among yourselves. This is all good. Okay? I want you to pray and believe. To, I want you to take a moment in prayer with one another and get in agreement with one another. Don't let the impossibility factor keep you from believing for it. And in faith, I want you to pray. So go ahead right now. And just begin to, to have that interaction with one another. We're going to just pray and believe God. Father, thank you. Thank you this morning. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you. Open heavens over this place. Get in agreement with the person you're with. Say what it is. And believe together. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Father. May you receive all the credit, Lord. Lord, we're believing you even now. Signs and wonders and mighty deeds that will bring glory to you and disciples to you. I thank you for it today. Right here in this small little church on the side of A1A. Signs and wonders and miracles for Jesus' sake. Thank you. Thank you. 
restored homes, restored families, abundance and provision, fixing broken places, Lord. Thank you. Miracles. Miracles. Unexplainable by natural means. Divine interventions. Thank you. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord. We fill these pots full right now to the brim, Lord, with our prayers. We fill these pots with our prayers right now, Lord God. We thank you for it. Thank you. Backslidden children coming home. Miracles. Miracles, Lord. Debt erased in Jesus' name. Miracles. Thank you. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you. Thank you. Praise you, Lord. Yes. Yes. Thank you for the working of miracles. Glory to God. Glory to God. Yes, Jesus. Yes. Thank you. Thank you, Father. Father, I want to thank you this morning. You said, ask, and it would be given. Knock, and we would have a door opened. Seek, and we would find. God, I thank you for hearing today the prayers of this people. I thank you, Lord God, for doing exceeding, abundant, above all we could ask or think, Lord, your, your miracle-working power in these situations. Lord, we surrender. We surrender these needs we've presented to you and to your hand. And we thank you for receiving glory and receiving honor. In Jesus' name. Lord, I speak your blessing today. I speak your blessing today over this congregation. Eyes full of faith. Lord. Lord, those who've grown weary in their journey, Lord. Those who've gone tired in believing. Lord, I thank you for reviving right now. I thank you for a fresh wind of your Spirit, Lord. That faith would come alive and by faith we would access grace in this time. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Precious Jesus. Precious Jesus. Thank you. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Thank you for healings. Thank you for deliverances. Thank you for provisions. Thank you. Thank you. Salvations. The miracle of salvation, birth into the kingdom. Thank you. 
would be careful, Lord, to give you the glory. Careful to point people to you. Careful to make it about you and not about us. Oh God, thank you for the grace to stay in our place. Thank you. Thank you.